Welcome to the Dogs Are the Best Friends podcast. I'm Emily, and my best buddy, Flynn, is here too. Flynn and I are back this week, finally. Last week, the computer crashed, so that is why we did not have an episode go up. It was ready, almost, but we couldn't get it up there. So I hope that you missed us. We missed you. And today I have two different sections here. So the first one is Amber sharing about her beautiful, sweet boy, Bentley. When I first saw Bentley, I was concerned. I'm not going to lie because I've had some bad experiences. Bentley is the sweetest boy and he and Flynn are best buddies. They're adorable together. And Amber also shares his favorite toys and a really great book that she loves. And then after that, I have... From way back when, Patty sharing some different things that can be very helpful as a dog owner. Now, I have a request for you. Because my computer crashed and I will have to buy another one, and by the way, I don't make any money. I know that people talk about podcasters making money. A lot of us don't. We do this for the love of our subject. I am crazy about dogs, and that is why I do this. I get to meet dog people that love to talk about their dogs all day, like me. So if you will consider using my Amazon links, and then anything that you purchase, I will get a percentage of that, again, at no cost to you, then that will help me pay for my hosting. And I would be grateful for a little bit of help. I have the Amazon links in the show notes. So just click on those. Even if you don't want that particular product, it will get you into where it will give a tiny percentage to me to help pay for the cost. And again, thank you so much. Without further ado, here is Amber. Tell us about your boy and tell us about, you know, what he looks like. Just give people kind of a explanation about him so they can visualize him. So Bentley is almost five years old. He'll be five next month. He is 70 pounds of cuddle, (laughs) cuddle and love. Um, He's a brindle boy with white socks and he's a mix. I think he's boxer and pit, but I'm not positive. He's a little rescue boy, so... Oh, that's so cool. And when did you get him then? Did you get him as a puppy? I did. I got him at seven weeks old. Um, it was this rescue called Gainesville Pet Rescue. And um, I actually wasn't going looking for a dog. I went with my friend and he found these puppies in the back and they were all in essentially like a chicken coop and you were allowed to step into it and sit down. And as soon as we sat down, of course, like all the puppies are running everywhere and whatnot, but Bentley climbs right into my lap and just sits there and looks up at me. And like I said, I wasn't going for a dog, but I mean, that was the end of that. I brought one home that night. (laughs) I love it. That has happened to so many people. So he's going to be five. And I just have to tell the listeners that your boy is so sweet and he's so well-behaved. You trained him really nicely. Tell me about Ben because he's, he's so funny. He's a character and like, what kind of silly things does he do that you just love? (laughs) He is such a character. Um, One of my favorite things that he does is in the morning, especially when I'm drinking my coffee, I'll sit outside and just enjoy the like view in the sun. And he does the same exact thing. He'll sit right there on the sidewalk with me, soaking up the sun. People will walk by. He won't even get up. He'll just like look and essentially give him like a smile. Um, he's so cute. And then it's funny though, because he'll recognize when I have friends or whatnot and people that he's met. So instead of just sitting there, he'll run up and jump and have fun and whatnot. Yeah, but um, yeah. all the neighbors well, love him, which is really nice benefit. Yes. Yeah. We have a dog friendly area for sure. There's a ton of dogs here. Do you have a favorite story to tell about him? Anything funny that he's done, you know, when people have come to visit or just at a different, you know, like whether you're in the car or anything that he's done? 
I don't have a funny story in particular, but that Frisbee that we play with, um, he is so obsessed with being able to catch it that he'll jump in the air and end up doing essentially like a flip and he'll do barrel rolls across the grass, like just trying to get that Frisbee on the first jump. Every two to three months, I get a double package. No. So what's the biggest (laughs) challenge with him being maybe a pit and boxer mixed? Do you have a lot of people respond like that, you know, scared of him or, you know, in a negative way towards him? Oh, very much so. I mean, you've met him, you know how well-trained he is. So sometimes I will walk him without a leash, but I do make sure that it's in areas where, you know, he is for the most part isolated. Um, But the looks that I've gotten from people in the comments say people can get pretty nasty, especially when it comes to the pit bull um, stereotype. So yeah, that's definitely a challenge, especially at dog parks. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And I'll have to be honest, sometimes I've been scared of them because there's like, there's, you know, a couple that tried to attack Flynn, there's like a mix that tried to attack Flynn that in a building kind of near you actually. And then at the dog park, yeah, there's been a couple. Bentley has actually been attacked by a couple pit bulls too. And he is just, he'll, he's never changed his sweet demeanor. Like he's just still so loving. And there's times when certain dogs, he's a little apprehensive, but he's never been the one to instigate or start anything. He's just, he's such a sweetheart. Wow. See, that speaks volumes right there. And he is, I can vouch for that. He's such a sweet boy. So, all right. Can you give me one word that describes your boy? Like try to wrap everything, all that he is in one word. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. One or two one. words. He's just loving and loyal. That's all it is. He just mm. the sweetest, you know, loving and yeah. loyal. Yeah. So what ways does he bring you joy? Cause you said, you know, he's loving and he, you know, he makes you happy. So in what ways does he do that? Oh my goodness. Every single day when I get home from work, he is one, so excited, of course, but two, he loves to bring me toys every single day. He'll bring a different one. I've got quite a few videos of me opening the door. He's got a toy in his mouth, tail wagging. And then um, when he gets really, really excited, he does this little howl with the toy in his mouth. And it's just the cutest little greeting. And it's like half growl, half howl. It's adorable. (laughs) Huddling every night in bed. Like he's just, yeah, joy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You can't imagine your life without him, I bet, at this point, right? Oh, not at all, no. What has been the biggest challenge? Um, have you been able to work on it or even conquer it with your dog? Um, actually, he used to be terrified of males, which was really weird um, because he was never really in any bad situation with humans. So it, I think it was just a matter of the size, um, but especially bigger males, he was terrified. And I ended up, um, when I first moved to Jacksonville, I lived in a house with two male roommates. And I think them and all of their friends constantly coming over and just showing him how loving a male could be um, really helped him get over that fear. And now it's, I don't think I've seen that in probably over a year and a half now. Wow. That's wonderful. That's a yeah. huge thing. Yeah, it's hard to picture him doing that because he's so confident. You've done a great job with him for sure. I just keep talking about how I can't imagine life without a dog. With quarantine and everything, our morning walks have pretty much become like one of my favorite parts of my day. And that I I used to take him on walks, but never to the extent of that until quarantine happened. And now it's something that I will never take out of my routine. Um, And then on top of that, just being able, even when everything was in lockdown, having somebody to go to the beach with, to the park, to we found like little hiking trails all over the place. And it's just having a constant, like you said, best friend to do those things, even if you don't have like a human with you. That was definitely one of the greatest parts of it. 
And honestly, yeah. I mean, quarantine wasn't that bad just because I enjoy spending so much time with him that it was it was a bonus, you know? Right. Very true. Yeah. And you literally had to quarantine because you got sick, you poor woman. Oh, my gosh. So I know you've had other dogs in your life. Like, have you always been a dog lover? I know you talked about as a kid, you had some dogs on and off. And, always um, been a dog lover. Um, actually, always been an animal lover in general. I used to want to be a vet um, and was going to school for it before I kind of changed careers. But I've had dogs since I was little and cats. Um, one of my favorites, his name was Jake. He was a little Catahoula mix, a rescue. He ended up, he died pretty young because of canine leukemia, but he was my first actual like dog that was mine. And it was, yeah, he is the best. And I think I was 13 when he passed, but it just kind of solidified the, the, the need of having a dog, you know. You'll always have a dog in your life, right? Always. <laughs> Can't imagine that. And I know, like, of course, I'm a Border Collie person because, you know, I have my boy and, and I'm crazy about them. And I know you have a great story about one that was in your life when you were a kid. And I hope that you'll share it with our listeners because it just it's just a great story. Yes. Um, so one of the dogs that we had, his name was Knotts. My stepdad was a, a landscaper and one of his clients was moving to behind um, essentially an airport. Yes. And they couldn't take the dog with them because they were scared that he would get hurt. So we ended up adopting him. And a week into having this dog, um, we, me, my sister, she was probably two, three at the time, just learning to walk. And my mom and stepdad were out in the yard, landscaping, pulling weeds and whatnot. And of course, I mean, we're sitting there hanging out, not really focusing on everything, paying super close attention. And we didn't realize that my younger sister was starting to walk towards the road. And right before she crossed the road, Knotts jumped in front of her and laid down and stopped her. And it wasn't like a busy street or anything like that. It was, you know, a little back neighborhood. And, but he just somehow knew, I don't know if it was previous owner's training or just pure instinct, but it was, it was actually like an incredible sight to see, especially only having that dog for like a week, week and a half. So smart. Yeah. So smart. And yeah, that's an amazing story. And that's why I wanted you to share it. Cause like dogs are so, they're so brave. They're just so much better yeah. than us humans. We're wusses. <laughs> brave and selfless and yes. yeah, all the things that we are not. <laughs> so, and then I know that you were telling me about this great book. So if you could tell the listeners about that too. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So there's a novel, it's called Animalize by Virginia Morrill. And she's a journalist who travels the world interviewing researchers who are attempting to figure out the emotional lives of different species. Um, she's got 10 different chapters and it starts with the smallest, which is ants and ends with, I want to say dogs or chimps, which I think it might be chimps because they're closest to us. But it's actually incredible because she really does, she gives a very unbiased um, viewpoint from these researchers and she just does a really good job illustrating the different lives of all these animals. And it's kind of mind blowing to see how even just ants work together and have families. And it's, it's a really good in, intellectual read. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. That sounds so good. I went, I'll, I'll put a link to that too, for sure. In the show notes, is there anything that you want to share with the listeners that would just help encourage them or just something that you want to share from your heart? I always ask my, my guest. Um, as far as encouragement goes, I've noticed a lot of people get frustrated and um, kind of down on themselves when their dog isn't as uh, receptive to training right away. I would say persistence is key. And I, I've always based it on a reward system rather than a punishment system. And that has really gotten me so much further than 
with the way that my parents kind of demonstrated how to train dogs. And I think that's why that Ben is the way that he is. Um, so really, like I said, persistence is key and love is key. And that is, that's what will get you the type of dog that you want, you know? I could not agree more. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's so important because I think I don't, I never understand people that want to hit their dogs or, you know, be too alpha and like think they have to wrestle with the dog or something. You're, you're breaking down the friendship. You're not building any kind of friendship at all because then they worry about your hands. Are you going to hit them with a hand or give them a treat or what are you doing? You know, there's so yeah. many reasons. So yeah, thank you so much for putting that out there because people need to understand that. And I know dogs can push your buttons when they're puppies and young and they don't know what you want, but it's just not worth it. And ignore the bad behavior and then just pure praise on good behavior. And it eventually teaches them where, where their reward comes from. I love how Amber put that. It's so important to show love and treats and good things come from us. I have to tell you all, I have not been a happy woman. I've pulled off at least four or five ticks from my boy. My Flinny, I just can't believe it. It grosses me out, number one. But this one thing that Patty recommends, I also highly recommend. I've used it for a couple of years. So be sure to listen to her about five tools that she suggests to give you some help as a dog owner and trying to stay on top of fur and ticks and things like that. You've really done your homework and you've learned with Hootie what works and what doesn't work in the sense of actual tools and treats and all sorts of things. The one thing I guess I'm wondering about is the the tags, the tag silencer. Absolutely. So that's called the pet tag silencer. Yes. It's like a little neoprene case, really easy to put around your pet tags okay. um, and it's washable. So not everybody loves to hear the jingling of their dog, their, their dog's collar. Some people do because they want to know where their dog is and perhaps what their dog's doing. But for us, we tend to not want to hear that noise. Mm -hmm. And so we love this pet tag silencer. Uh, being 85 in a lab with, he sort of has that coarser hair, but underneath is this fine hair and there's so much of it. I mean, I, I joke that when I vacuum or sweep in my house, I feel very productive because I get a large quantity of hair every time I do it. It's called a safari brush and it has retractable stainless steel pins. Yes. It's a green brush and I know you're going to link to it. So you press a button after you've brushed your dog and all the hair is pushed down over this smooth plastic case. And then you just quickly just pull it off that case. You don't have to go in between the pins. And then we also use a, a groom rubber brush and we use that in the shower. So when he's wet, it's rubber and it has little knobs on it. And you just, you know, as you've shampooed your dog, you're going to use that brush afterwards and they find it kind of like a massage, right. but it also gets a lot of hair off when they're wet. You know, there were ticks out in the panhandle near the beach. And so these tick pliers look like mini crowbars. Yeah. And I will tell you without a doubt, they are the number one tool. You will never leave the tick head in your dog or cat 
again. The last thing I would mention, Luba 3, I think is how you say the name. Um, it's a dental spray and we put it in his mouth at night with an eyedropper. Hmm. And I want to tell you that at 11 and a half, his plaque is completely vanished and we didn't have to sedate him hmm. to get his teeth cleaned. Wow. And I think for those out there with older dogs that are looking for a useful way to get plaque off their dog's teeth, I can't say enough about it. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode with its mix of stories and tools. The Amazon links to these products and books and things are all in the show notes. I hope that you have a great week. And if your computer crashes, just hug your pup. It'll work out. I will see you next week.